got some real estate here in my bag. So we bought a bag of cigarettes. Hello, everyone. My name is Steve, and I am joined right now with my good friend Emily Connor, who is on the phone. And we are attempting our very first try at having a little uh, podcast sort of thing where we discuss current Bernie events, current political events, uh, current world events, and everything as seen through the lens of this political revolution that we're trying to build out as part of the Bernie Sanders campaign. Um, Emily, if you want to maybe introduce yourself quickly. Uh, hey, all. Um, I'm Emily Connor, as Stephen said. Um, uh, I'm not really anybody. I'm just uh, an activist and trying my best to do my part for the revolution. At the moment, that looks like trying to get Bernard Sanders butt in office. But uh, I've also um, put in some work on some other related tangential causes, uh, election justice reform, um, health care reform, uh, campaign finance reform. Um, so, yeah, just um, there's not really much of a plan. <laughs> I think like a lot of people my generation, I just kind of fell into this and I've just been kind of, you know, it's very by the seat of my pants, but, um, well, I was going to, I was going to ask if you don't mind, would you give us a, a brief description of your foray into politics where we find you now, how you got here and, and, and that sort of thing? Oh, sure. Um, it's not anything particularly notable. I don't think I, I really was not political, um, before a few years ago. Um, I had, you know, my share of ideologies that were political, whether I knew it or not, that, you know, kind of came out of the background I grew up in. And um, But I started paying more attention, and uh, it's the way not only the, the presidential race was shaping up, but just to social justice issues in general, um, the economy. You know, and then you know, Bernie really did kind of shine a light on, you know, this particular way of looking at the history of... Uh, mankind and the way that the the rich, the bourgeoisie, whatever you want to call them, have been gradually squeezing the life out of the working class. And you know, I began to read more up on uh, people's movements and revolutions in general and realizing, oh, this, this Bernie guy really does seem to have a handle on what's happening and has identified the causes of so many of these problems that we are facing. So it all kind of snowballed from there, really. Um, I tend to do this thing where when I discover something new, I research the absolute crap out of it in short order and sure. wind up accidentally giving the impression I know more than I do, but um, <laughs> that's still happening. Uh, I, I just live in fear of a conversation lasting long enough that I'm eventually going to be revealed as an idiot. But, um, <laughs> well, that's that's precisely why I brought you here, so the jig is up. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, the, the reckoning is finally due. Um yeah, so, you know, I just, I started, uh, at the time I was married and living in Northwest Indiana and, you know, working um, for minimum wage, you know, whatever I could do to uh, help pay the bills and um, was really kind of feeling pretty aimless and um, I'm, a slight small personal detail is I, I never got the opportunity to go to college. Um, my family didn't really have the money and that's not where I thought my life was headed. So I've always just kind of found whatever I could do. I'm pretty resourceful and I'm pretty good at teaching myself things. So I've worked so many different odd jobs that don't, <laughs> don't, don't form a, a picture of any sort of plan, uh, 
per se, but um, mm-hmm. this was one of the first things I'd ever um, developed an interest in where there was no, you know, there was no gatekeeper. There was no bar I had to pass or clear where, you know, I needed credentials on paper in order to be involved. And that sure. was really kind of exhilarating, I think, because I quickly realized, like, this is something I have an aptitude for. And apparently, if as long as I show up and I'm willing to put in the work, I'm in. And nobody is, you know, saying I can't be involved because I don't have this or that uh, degree or certificate or something. So I, I probably threw myself into it really hard because of that. It was, <laughs> yeah. I think I'd been kind of uh, dying, you know, on the shelf, just like, going nuts, trying to wow. I, I, have I something. Um, can't imagine your talents unspent. Frankly, um, I would never, you know, I wouldn't believe that you didn't sit in classrooms for some incredibly long time toiling just because of the way that you constantly, in my opinion, seem to just finesse this wordplay in a way that's clever, but but hip, but funny, but it's just like, it, it's all, the, you know, I've, I've messaged you so many times and said, like, damn girl, well, slaying it so anyway i appreciate that because from inside my brain it all just sounds like a bunch of uh stuttering and uh right brain farts it's and, right yeah. it's the gordon it ramsay it, meme we all hate ourselves <laughs> oh, exactly. we're all the donkey um yeah. i totally hear you i feel that <laughs> exactly. way too every moment no, of every I mean, post fun fact not only did i never darken the door of a institution of higher learning i was also homeschooled <laughs> and i don't have a high school diploma Wow. Okay, cool. I love it. That's great. No, that's, that's awesome. One of, uh, you know, one Which of my... Which is honestly a mixed bag because, I mean, you know, there's certainly drawbacks to that. Uh, but on the other hand, I did read a lot. Yeah. And I did learn how to learn, which is, you know, a pretty important skill. It was one thing my mom did do an excellent job of ensuring I had was awesome. uh, just kind of this self-motivated impulse to identify the information I need, figure out where to get it, you know teach myself something if I don't already have it in my wheelhouse. So Absolutely. Um, that's definitely stood me in uh, good stead. But yeah, so I sort of threw myself in um, in 2016 in, into the deep end and just started doing anything I, I could uh, around my job and stuff. I started, um, well, I think, I think the first big thing I did was uh, I was part of the Democracy Spring uh, March and then um, series of sit-ins and arrest, arrestable actions um, in the Capitol. That was over uh, campaign finance reform, getting big money out of politics, overturning Citizens United, all that. Um, awesome. That uh, After that, I kind of started just doing these um, kind of self-organized trips into other states to assist the Bernie campaign on the ground um, in the time leading right up to the primaries. Um, so that I wound up uh, volunteering for Bernie in my home state of Indiana, mostly. Um also Michigan, Illinois, and then I also went to New York and uh, California. So, and that was really cool because, um, again, I, I kind of jumped in at the deep end, and in, in one sense that was really great politically, but in another sense, like my, my friends, you know, circle quadrupled overnight, and I got to meet so many cool people and start, you know, I, I hate using terms like networking because it sounds like I'm some startup guy trying no, we to do it cool though. as a businessman yes we do it cool so yeah i mean i didn't realize i was networking but i was networking um and i wound up you know bumping into and working with so many interesting people and um and that, and that wound up leading to a lot of really interesting opportunities and stuff i've met some of my really best friends this way uh, one of my good friends uh caitlin parsons um 
I didn't really know her. We were friends on Facebook, but I think we all added like 300 people during 2016. Yes. But she, she phoned me up one day because she was like, I want to go to this independent voting conference in New York and I don't have anyone I want to take with me and I want to go along. Will you go? And I was like, sure. So, you know. <laughs> That's, I, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I know Caitlin too, like just slightly from Facebook and I know you guys are friends and right again, just continue on. Sorry, but yeah. it's just so cool to, to you know, hear that that's yeah. how that came about. I think this experience just kind of kept happening over and over too of all these people that we kind of got to know only over the internet and then something would happen whether it was the DNC in Philly or uh, the People's Summit in Chicago or something like that and all of a sudden you're looking around like oh I know all of you people like mm-hmm. it's so surreal to finally meet you in real life and feel like we already really know each other but yeah, no. I guess that's just living in this time period but it is. Yeah. I mean, it's it's um, it's definitely. I mean, it's been that way for me for a couple in a couple times in life where I'm I'm just must be just an internet nerd and I just get to know people over the internet and then we end up meeting and it's so cool. But nothing quite in the way this Bernie thing has been. Like I remember vaguely the time I friended up with you. It was well, it was like you know, it was like 2018. I want to say or, or see. I or, don't even think I could tell you. Yeah, it's I not do. Just you. I don't think I could tell that for any. Well, that I'm I was much now. later than the bit. I was not on this big national social media wave that you were involved with in 2016, or even close. I was just getting involved barely, and uh, you know, I, I sort of um, got into like the New York scene, but really wasn't doing anything like online where I could connect or network out with people. I mean, since then, of course, I've. You know, I met one of my best friends, too, through the work I do with the New York Progressive Action Network. And, you know, uh, she and I have been through so much and just I can't even imagine not having her as a great friend. And we would never know each other if it weren't for Internet, online, Bernie memes and then taking it you know, a little further with actually doing the activism stuff. Um, so that's really yeah. cool. That's just really cool to hear. And, and, and I felt it. It's incredible. Yeah, it is. Like, it really you think is. about, you know, in prior decades or centuries even where, you know, you would never have met any of these people ever. They just existed in a, you know, whether due to geographical, you know, distance or just you're not running in the same circles, you wouldn't have ever come into contact. And yep. what it, a time to be alive. It's funny because we sit being so profound about it. But when I actually have the most, like, clear moments of this are when, like, yourself or someone else that we know in this big national great scene makes, like, some really, really funny joke. And I'm just like, fuck. I'm in my room just, like, <laughs> doubled over. Like, it's made my whole day, you know? And I'm like, yeah. God, not only is this really funny, but it's about this thing I really love. Like, blessed. Right? I'm yeah. blessed. No, know? I've definitely had moments like that where, I don't know a whole bunch of my friends in my Facebook timeline are all being insanely funny and witty. And it's, you almost kind of get this high where you're just, oh, yeah. maybe that's what extroverts feel at parties. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like how I didn't sleep for two days when AOC endorsed. Cause I just felt, oh, God, yeah. I felt everything. Have, I just, that yeah. was a great few days. That was probably sure. the biggest high I've had in this cycle. There were big highs last cycle, like Michigan victory yeah. and stuff. A lot oh, of Michigan. us were, hanging on to stuff and just really like you know turning that into something really huge which and, and it was because of the univision debate where bernie gave the one word answer on fracking and hillary gave the yes. three minute answer and i was just like ah. iconic i was at a motel six somewhere like at, at a job site staying overnight and i'm just in the hotel room pacing i had i actually had a noise complaint in the hotel room because i was screaming so loud at like oh, 8 no. p.m <laughs> um because Bernie was slaying it, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, I I remember that vividly. That was actually the night before the very first time I ever 
went out and did anything of a political nature. That was that was the night before the first um, uh, canvassing volunteer trip that I went on. Wow! And it was it was funny because like I very rapidly went from being someone who didn't even pay attention to politics beyond you know the ordinary amount everybody has to because it's shoved in our faces on mainstream media. Yeah. Um, to you know, it kind of got to the point where I was paying attention and following along things on social media and starting to, you know, get in arguments with people on Facebook. Right. And then it was leaking into, you know, that was what I was talking about constantly at home. And, you know, because it was just on my brain 24-7. And it got to the point where my ex-husband looked at me and went, well, maybe you should get involved. And I kind of blinked because I was like, oh, that, I guess that is a thing. That like more than I am right now talking to no, you? No, no, it's just like, <laughs> I. it was almost, I don't know, because I, I guess I was vaguely aware that there were probably things that people who cared about politics did do during campaign season, but it was completely outside my field of reference up to that point. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, oh yeah, I guess that is a thing. Maybe I should. And so I went on, you know, I did some poking around, I found the website and um, clicked the thing to sign up for a door knocking thing and I'm using the word thing too much. And I uh, shortly got a phone call. This was the same night of the debate. And, you know, riding the high of Bernie doing so good in that debate and kicking ass. You know, I get this phone call from this woman and she told us, or she, you know, she's asking me, like, can you be here this early? Because we need to leave really early because we're going to the rally first. And I said, what rally? And she was like, there's a rally in Kalamazoo. And I was like, oh. Because I wasn't even, you know, at that point, I wasn't following Bernie's schedule obsessively. Now, you know, I know where he's going to be everywhere. But, right. Um, and all of a sudden, I went from, like, just kind of this couch potato ringside observer, you know, watching everything from behind the internet to, like, I'm going to go out and do political things, and I'm going to see Bernie Sanders tomorrow. What oh. the hell? Um, and, and all of this is, like... You know, my whole life growing up, I, I was very introverted or thought I was. I sit in my room and read books. I The thought of, like, intentionally initiating contact with total strangers to try to talk to them about politics, of all things, was, like, the furthest thing from anything I would have right. ever considered myself doing. But yeah. all of a sudden, it was like there was just this fire, you know? Not to be cliche, but, you know, I was feeling the burn. It was like there's this thing motivating me now that I couldn't stop it. I couldn't make go away. Not that I wanted to, but it was life-changing. And yeah. next day, you know, I was so excited. I didn't, I don't think I slept. Um, I got up really early, you know, got in my car. It was super dark. I went and met up with the other people for the carpool. And I did, I felt, kind of felt like a kid on a field trip really, where I was really excited, but, um, it was all brand new. I'm like, what do other political people look like? I don't know. You know, this is like, my, this whole time, I've just been sitting at home behind Facebook. Yeah. And that's it. And I don't have any political friends yet. Yeah. And these people were so funny and nice. And I even had this thing that would happen back then um, where, because I was raised pretty conservative. Um, really? I would, I would, oh, yeah. We'll have yeah. to get there um, later. I don't want to interrupt you, but. Oh, yeah, you're, you're fine. I mean, conservative in the sense that, again, we weren't super political it was just like you know every now and then when there was like a big thing like an election you know we'd plug in the cable and watch that or you know we, we would laugh at jokes where liberals were the butt of the humor okay kind of a thing and we definitely had like conservative leaning uh a, a worldview shall we say about issues sure. like uh, you know the economy environmentalism stuff like that 
Um, and all of this was stuff that I just kind of absorbed passively growing up. And when I, you know, got around to kind of doing personal inventory and saying, what do I believe in? You know, I was kind of like, oh, that's, that's, that's not cool. I'm not, you know, I don't really sign up on that. Um, but I didn't really learn about a lot of this stuff until Bernie kind of brought it all to the foreground of the public imagination. But anyway, so I'm, you know, I, I had this thing I would do where I would occasionally blurt out, just so you know, I, I used to be a Republican. <laughs> Okay, sure. Because I was just kind of like, I want to see what the reaction would be. Because, you know, Democrat was just like a bad word back then. I mean, and the funny thing is, at this point, I've kind of leaped right over that to being, you know, on the left, where we sure. also make fun of Democrats for different reasons. Um, but, you know, these, these these women were lovely. They were really sweet. They were like, oh, well, we're glad you're here now. And um, next thing I know, I'm sitting in this big sports arena you know, we're waiting for Bernie, and we keep thinking he's coming, but he hasn't come yet. And I actually managed to get right up close to the rope line. Um, one of my new friends, who I could tell was kind of like an old uh, hippie concert uh, goer, you know, she yeah. was like, I'm going to get you up to the front. This is an opportunity. You need to see this. And I was like, okay. So she like snuck me past some, some stuff, and I wound up, you know, in this group of uh, young people, I think actually mostly young women, um, who were all lined up along the sort of next, you know, close to where Bernie was going to come out. And, um, you know, eventually, you know, he comes out and obviously, of course, we're all screaming and stuff, but um, it was so surreal. And he gets up there and he starts speaking and first time I've ever heard him in person and I'm just like, it was so different from what I expected, you know, because you watch, you grow up and you watch politicians on the TV doing that stupid thumb gesture yeah. and reading off teleprompters yeah. and, and just feeling very coached and artificial. Right, everything's and just right. it feels right. very, yeah. And, and the perception is very much that, like, we're the peasants and this is our, you know, designated uh, leader and, you know, I guess we're just down here on the ground. Aren't we know, in receiving. awe of their, their beautiful yeah. appearance but and their polished Bernie demeanor? Was speaking, yeah, it felt like, I'm trying to think of a good metaphor, but it was so conversational. It was almost just kind of like, um, kind of like when generals go around and visit troops, you know, and very much this sense of camaraderie, like, Okay, we're all. It's you know, clear that we're here fighting together. for the same thing, right? Yes. Right, exactly. And, like yeah, that much and it was is clear. Like he recognized us, like we were old friends, even though we weren't. And right, you know, and he was kind of cracking jokes with us a little bit, and and the, the whole thing was very, um, you know, it was, it was it was back and forth. It wasn't just him pontificating to people. Mm -hmm. You know, at one point he mentioned the Koch brothers, and the whole crowd kind of booed, and he got this like sly look on his face and he's just like oh you know about them huh? oh you're and gonna like, Haha. like yes this is an inside joke bernie we're in on it with you you know it's like but and the next thing i know you know he's he's talking about these issues and everyone around me is very passionate and people are throwing fists into the air and the next thing i know i'm doing it and i'm just like what the hell has where happened was i 24 hours ago to where right. i am now that exactly. this is an amazing story and it was just such an incredible experience. And then, you know, he left and we all kind of, you know, he walked right by us and we all got to kind of say hi to him really fast. And yeah. the next thing, you know, and then we, we went to the field office and as soon as I walked in there, I don't want to use buzzwords like energy, but the place had energy. Well, and you know, again, we do it cool. We do it right. When we say, this, <laughs> right, when we yeah, say yeah. these things, we're not being corny. Yeah, we're just, I don't want to be all namaste or anything like that, but like, do it. you know, again, it felt very much like this was, you know, a, just a hotbed of, it was, there was so much activity going on, people rushing in and out, the vibe was very, you know, we had a job to do, and we walked in, and we 
talked to the, you know, we went to pick up our turfs and the young man passing him out, you know, he looks excited and very motivated. And he, once he made sure we had all our information, he just looked us in the eye and he went, go sell Bernie Sanders. And it was like a light went off. I was like, oh shit. That's what I'm here to do. That's what I know how to do. (laughs) That is what I, you know, that's what I'm good at. That's what I've been trying to do, you know, at home for my computer being frustrated. And it was like someone put the tools in my hand and went, you know, go, go go for it. Two things that Emily should be doing. One, number one job for Emily, (laughs) fuck up Joe Biden's campaign. Number two, sell Bernie Sanders. Right. It, might, it might be the other way around, but I just love it was, the idea. Yeah, it was just such a strange experience having someone give me that directive, like, "Yeah, this is what we want you to do." Not Wait, little old me, because I can it. do that actually really right. well. Right, exactly, and that was such an amazing day. Like, so much happened in that day, and it was so transformational. And so fucking rad. Like, I, I had really I had rad. a similar experience, but I was like, my rally day was. It came down quick. New York's primary was April 19th, so it was super-duper battleground. Could have meant a lot. Could have really meant a lot for us. And upstate swam in a sea of Bernie Sanders victories, county to county to county, apart from the two big major metropolitan centers in upstate, which are the Syracuse area and then the Rochester-Buffalo region. And, of course, the city, where Hillary just really cleaned up disproportionately. Um, but anyway, that our, our primary was the 19th. So Bernie rolled through town, I don't know, a handful of days before that. And he was touring the state, like I'm talking two, three shows a day. He's filling everything. It was just chaos. So we got the word this was happening. And what the, what the campaign brilliantly did was leverage that into a canvassing mechanism by offering anyone who came and did one whole turf a VIP bracelet, which would allow them to bypass the the line to wait into the event. So I'm talking out the door at the Citizen Action Chapter, and I was kind of like a little, I was a bit of a ragtag guy. My county's pretty rural, and I just took up the torch in my county, so I fell into meeting people who were connected and who were delegates and who knew these people and this and that. So I was actually sent to a training session where I learned how to use the van application and the the minivan and, and how to train canvassers. And Binghamton was getting a rally, and they didn't have anyone who was trained. So I went there the night before, um, and I trained five of their organizers on how to train people to use minivan on their cell phones. And, And, I mean, we had, like, hundreds of people trained that next day. That was, like, a huge moment for me. I was just like, holy shit, dude. Like, two weeks ago, you were... I was right. memeing to a much less degree than you. I was <laughs> memeing with like people I went to high school with, people I knew in my generic networks. I was not hooking right. up with the national scene. Um, I wish I was, but it's just funny to kind of watch our, our different paths that both led us to like a rally where we were kind of dumbfounded. Like, yeah. And, and, but, but also in something that created a hunger in both of us that I think it pervades our existences now. So it's kind of, kind of inspiring and cool. But, but anyway, we gave out a lot of bracelets. People came, it was, it was the sickest event. I mean, I've seen a lot of events at our arena in town here. Um, I shit you not, no, no hockey game, no concert, nothing has filled the place where they've actually turned people away in, I would say like, you know, 15, maybe 20 years, like, but, but there were kids. I was talking to college kids out front who were getting turned away, and I was like heartbroken because I was there watching the first people get in, and then I was there watching the last people get turned away. And these kids were like 
fuck it, we're going to Buffalo. They're literally running to their car to go get yes. in the car and drive to the next college. Isn't where it incredible? Speaking. It's just so, it's just too much. I mean, like, I'm using words like energy. to the point where I feel like a broken record, but it never ceases to amuse me. How much money and man hours, you know, are being devoted to trying to discover the, the secret of Bernie's appeal, <laughs> especially right. to the younger ones. Right. You know, and, and, and you're this old guy with a thick New York accent shows up to growl a bunch of economic statistics at us, and you can't, they can't pay people to be as appealing to our generation as Bernie is, no matter how hard they yeah. try, no matter how many focus groups and, yeah, you know, consultants they get right. on the, the, the problem. They just, you know, it's it just speaks so much to how... I don't know. I just feel like we've things finally aligned where Bernie was able to get his message out there at a time when our generation was really waking up to how dire the situation is. Yeah. And and something clicked and the rest, you know, is history, but yeah. literally. I think, I think Bernie has a purity and a magic that like transcends the consultants, you know, a friend of mine. It's, it's funny, there's a funny, like, this little, I'll just do this little Bernie tangent and explain this funny, funny story. When I was a kid, I was, like, a skateboarder, and, like, I loved punk rock and everything, you know, I... I nice. I'm, I'm 36, so I'm kind of old. Not that post-punk pop stuff, though, right? No, 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 this was, like, straight up, like, spit on, spit on us, we're kids, okay, skateboard, like, everything, like, we're, like, you know, it was, it was really involved. And there was this band in my, in my region called iFarm, and they were, like, you know, they were, like, kind of legends of the punk scene, it was, like, this one dude who like went to Cornell and, and this other dude nice. it was like this kind of these guys and they were like really cool and they'd come down to my little town and they'd play these benefits and me I was in a skateboard club with a bunch of my friends and we actually threw a benefit show to build a skate park which still stands in my town and um, they, they, they were one of these bands that came down and played these gnarly guys really fucking just heroes of mine blah 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 um, years later the Bernie thing's finally happening I'm literally sitting at a debate watch party that I've, I've planned and a friend of mine um, who I met through playing disc golf. We won't go down that road. He points at the TV, and there's, like, this guy standing next to Bernie on stage, and he goes, hey, that's my friend. I know him. You know, I, I went to undergrad with him. Like, we, we're, we're friends. And I was like, what? Like, connect me. So the next day I get a friend request from this guy, Arun, and I realize, so he was in that band, iFarm. He was the singer, and also he had served as Obama's um, videographer. He was the first ever first videographer of the United States of America during Obama's term, and then he went to work for this consulting firm called Revolution Messaging, and they were hired to do creative for Bernie 2016. So, oh, yeah, I was going to say Revolution. That's uh, That was yeah. people doing Bernie's messaging last time. Here's huh. my guy on stage, who I know now know and all this and blah, 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 and I'm like, wow, Doug, like, connect me. So he, he friends me, and we talk... A week later, he's doing a filmmaking workshop in Ithaca. I go to it, blah, blah, blah. A year later, I'm in this NIPAN group, and I'm having, they're like, we're going to have this big conference. Steve, you plan it, because you seem to be really, like, into this stuff right now. I'm like, okay, we'll do it in Binghamton. Um, the keynote speaker is going to be this Arun guy. We're going to fly him in from, he was living in Texas, actually, is where his wife ran for Congress recently. And I'm like, we're going to fly him in. And they're like, I don't know about this guy. And I'm like, trust me, bring him. We bring him. He was a star. He gave us this amazing talk that I'll link you to where he just gave the most fucking amazing insight into how they built the Bernie 2016 message and, and did it digitally, and you will absolutely adore this. Um, AOC was in the fucking crowd, little brag. She posted from there. Nobody knew who she was. She was not even running for Congress yet. Brand new Congress had, like, just reached out to her. She didn't even know the Justice Democrats. Anyway, 
Um, full circle, um, this guy has been like a huge, a huge force and, and has been one of the keys in me understanding how Bernie 2016, back to our original point here, opened this doorway to the young people, where they took this super pure candidate who's a constellation in the sky, who sat alone in a big fucking empty chamber during the Iraq war, and who fucking, you know, is the only one who's actually sitting alone in the lunchroom not being wine-dined and romanced by Big Pharma every single fucking day at the Capitol. <laughs> like, this guy, how did he actually do this. And I, I think it's part his purity and it's part our hunger. And back to the moment you described where some old guy is in there barking economic numbers at us and we're all just like fucking like half orgasming at the sound of it. Like <laughs> this is what we need. Yes. It's magic. Well, it, if you think about it, in one sense, it's, you know, incredible, um, especially in the context of traditional campaign wisdom and stuff. But on the other hand, it's incredibly, um, Obvious, because if, if there's one thing the youth, uh, you know, are consistently good at, it's smelling out phonies and recognizing who's a G, right? right. I mean, this is, hello, this is practically a trope. It's the... Hello, my fellow for, kids meme. Hell, yeah, but I mean, like, kids, you know, kids are, nothing is the kiss of death for a band more than, you know, let the kids get any whiff of the fact that this band has sold out, that they've gone corporate, that they're, they've given into the man, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the, the stuff of you know, stock humor for films and TV shows when uh, people who don't understand your generation attempt to be cool and it just always is so embarrassing, you know? Right. And I think that's how people of our generation view corporate politicians. It's like we roll our eyes at them because it's obvious to all of us what they are. Right. And when Bernie came along or burst onto the scene or whatever, you know, Every single kid with that instinct looked at him and went, that dude's for real. You know, he means what he's talking about. And the best thing ever was just the way his YouTube videos of, you know, those old speeches blew up mm -hmm. and are now flooded with comments from people going, who the hell is this dude? Why yeah. didn't we know about him? Why weren't we told about him? Where have they been keeping him? Yeah. You know, why is he not running things? Anyone with a brain can see he should be the one running things. So right. that's, you know, that's, that's so much of... Yeah, and there are people like that who kind of transcend their age. You know, I think Bernie was almost kind of almost always an old soul, but at the same time has like perennial appeal because he hasn't changed. You know, right. he's the same fiery community organizer he was when he was 21 and he was, yep. you know, doing sit-ins and um, yep. all the civil rights activities he was doing in Chicago. You know, he really has not changed from being that person. And so, of course, he still connects with people that age but. that was like a first like a, you know and, and even a run spoke about and i can't wait to link you to this video it's long and boring and i'm really fucking hung over at the beginning giving the introduction but i'll I'll, <laughs> I'll allow you to see it oh god please don't judge me um but he talks about how when he worked for obama it was like a journey right they were like doing mm -hmm. here's a and there's b and this is how obama did this thing and it's really kind of happened quickly but like here it is it's change it's hope it's boom it's they, mm -hmm. He says, Bernie's a constellation in the sky. He's there. He's been there. He's always been there. He could be 10,000 years old. We don't know. He does this whole bit. It's <laughs> hilarious. Like, you really yeah. will, and I've said this five times, you really will enjoy this thing, and I want to send you the link. I'll do it writing Thanks. down um, to send it to you when we get off. But 
anyway, it, it is. It's totally unique. It's something our generation, and I use that loosely because you and I are slightly different in age, but I think we're yeah, part we're the of... the older millennials. I think we're part of the same, right, the same loose uh, group of, of people that are just rolling our eyes at figuratively and, and quite literally putting funny Snapchat filters upon corporate politicians who just are not serious. And, 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 and just to briefly kind of delve into the, with a little bit of our background out of the way, the modern situation, the, the current situation that we have and, and the situation that we've had really from the beginning and, and God, I don't know how, you know, public I should be with, with this viewpoint, but the Liz Warren as a great candidate, as a great progressive, as a great number two, I mean, we've got to talk hard mathematics at some point. My yeah. boy, my boy Andrew kicked off the debate stage with his math. He's made some great points recently, and I'm about to make one now. If you have a number one candidate that is worth, say, like 5,000 virtue points, and then a number two candidate who is like vastly, vastly less in their accomplishments on the virtue scale, and then a, a, a field of basically irrelevant characters below that character, you can't draw a similarity between one and two when the space between one and two is so vast, and that's been a sort of logical generalization that has benefited the Warren campaign, is that, well, look, we're obviously not Bernie, okay, but here we are with this, that, or this, and if they can convince everybody that this, that, and this, that they're different from Bernie will actually make them more pragmatically, you know, more of a safe bet and everything, then they... they they become more relevant with endorsements from working families and, and, you know, justice Dems or whoever's bending over backwards right now to do mental gymnastics to make her recent antics acceptable. Um, it's definitely not justice Dems, thank God. <laughs> or excuse me, no. Um, no, I, I didn't mean, I, I don't know what I meant to say. Excuse me. Um, but yes, I've seen similar entities attempt to do that. Yeah. I, you, you do have to wonder if they're not experiencing a degree of buyer's remorse in light of last week or so, but... Um, I mean, and, and yeah, we did, it was funny when the, you mentioned the Working Families Party when they endorsed her. You, you just really wish that, I think the problem is um, people in, who exist in that sort of valley in between the total centrists, who obviously are a lost cause, and the real progressives. There are those people that kind of exist in between that kind of want to have a foot in both sides. I forget the correct version of that metaphor or whatever. Um, you know what I'm talking about? They kind of want to, and, and this is what I'd see, these are the people that Warren would primarily appeal to. They kind of want to hold on to a degree of safeness of this, yep. you know, what they what they flatter themselves is pragmatism. Right. You know, oh, we don't really need a revolution, do we? <laughs> Awkward laughter. Um, but they still want to have that, you know, I think they have a sense for the fact that um, progressivism is the, flavor du jour and they want to be seen as current and with it and so they feel like warren's an acceptable um right. or even ideal compromise between those two positions and the the sad thing is they fell immediately almost into the trap of seeing this as almost a cyclical temporary um i can't think of the word i want phenomenon or something like that where, where you know almost like maybe the left is just doing this sort of boom and bust thing and they think that that's when, when the way i look at it and i think the way a lot of progressives would look at it is we are 
we're heading for a crisis. Um, the lines are being drawn. The it's becoming clearer every day that we're in for a fight for our lives. That this 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 trajectory we're on cannot go on indefinitely. Um, you know, we're either going to crash and burn in a major way, or we're going to save this. But it's not just gonna. It's not sustainable the way things are. And I think if you don't understand that and you still think that this is something that can be treated like a trend almost, or just, you know, fluctuations in American politics, um, then you might be tempted to look at what happened in 2016 with Bernie and think that it was, um, sorry, I think that's just my phone battery warning. Um, you might be tempted to look at that whole thing that happened with Bernie as something that, I don't know, it was just a little bit of a flash in the pan. And so you saw groups like Working Families Party almost immediately begin to repeat the mistakes of the Hillary campaign as though they'd not learned with the way they changed their process so that it was no longer transparent and they wouldn't release the vote tallies. And yeah. they made everyone really mad when they did that. And it was like, you guys could have learned from just a few years ago that people are no longer tolerating that kind of crap. Yeah. Um, and you should have, and you should have planned accordingly, but you didn't. And in, in New York, I can speak for the fact that they, so obviously they went hard for Bernie in 16, and then in 18, we did the big Cynthia Nixon push, and boy, did they yeah. burn a shit ton of bridges. I mean, we had, King, yeah. King Cuomo was on stage saying he was going to pull the 990s. That might not be the correct number, but there's a there's a term for the tax form that groups like the Working Families Party uh, submit. Mm -hmm. And he was on stage at a private event saying he was going to pull the 990s for anyone who endorsed Cynthia Nixon. And of course, we went hard for, for Nixon teach out Williams. Um, right. And that cost them a lot of political capital. So I think, you know, I have like heroes inside this group, like Bill Lipton is, you know, is one of the leaders of the New York Working Families Party, one of the founders. I mean, this guy was, he's been, he's like an utter, utter, utter genius hero of progressive politics. I mean, he stepped in when things were absolutely impossible on multiple accounts and like brought the Working Families Party in New York to where it is. But he, I think, you know, I think he was largely responsible for this move behind the scenes to make this pragmatic Warren shift, which it just, uh, yeah. it's like a do or die moment. And Well, it, it kind of felt like there was something awry in the leadership for the Working Families Party for a little bit here. Now, didn't, am I, I could be wrong here, so correct me if I am, but didn't they endorse, um, Joe oh, Crowley? What was that dude's name? Yes, Crowley. Yeah. They Over did. AOC. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And, they, and what they do is, and, and somewhat in their defense, um, they blamed the sort of local endorsement mechanism, which I understand because in my group, uh, NIPAN, you know, we, we're the same way. We have 33 chapters across the state, and we won't entertain a statewide endorsement unless all the local chapters are in cahoots on it. So a lot of time you defer to the locals, and I think they kind of pass the buck on that, but not very heroic. Um, and and to just to just to make it clear, my group did not endorse AOC either, um, and it was it kind of sucked because a lot of us on the executive committee in my group at that time knew AOC was like obviously the right candidate. You know, she's right. a woman of color who's like brilliant, well-spoken and running against this absolute dickhead who's been a party tool for longer even than live I've there. been alive. He doesn't even go to the school. Like, fuck this better. guy. Um, but we weren't able to do it because our local chapters at the time were very 
you know, party tide and the and the, the intimidation of these local party bosses is unfortunately very real. Yeah. Um, and it's thankfully the grip is becoming less. But yeah, you know, it's uh, the Working Families Party did they endorse Crowley, and that that will haunt them. Um, okay. And I feel bad because you know I love Working Families, but I think this is this is the game. You know, this is the way it works. The Sanders ticket right now is the is the one true way. Um, I had made one very very gentle comment toward the Working Families Party's Twitter and toward my friend Bill Lipton, the the, the leader. I don't know what his title is of the New York Working Families Party uh, when they had scored some sort of like B rate, uh, you know, uh, woman of color endorsement. And, and I joked something about, well, this sure cancels out AOC. Totally joking. And Bill like personally responded. And he's oh. like, it's like, that wasn't the intention. And I'm like, oof, like Steve, this is why you don't say stupid things like that. Like, obviously <laughs> I didn't mean that. But, you know, at the same time, sometimes you have to be the asshole who's stupid outburst makes the point for the big logical picture of like the kid that points out the emperor is not wearing any clothes well yeah i hate to i hate to make myself that but you know what i'm saying like yeah. just let's be real no, here yeah. like the aoc to endorsement, a very real extent i think that the upper echelons of society that really pride themselves on being educated and intellectual are very often i think they just have this like i don't know they're any display of uh, bluntness or passion or really just strong feelings in any direction kind of gives them the heebie-jeebies. There's this, there's this perception that, like, you know, educated people who read the New York Times and listen to NPR, uh, that, it's, that it's more grown up to always be kind of prevaricating and saying, well, there's all sorts of opinions and never really come down firmly on one side and say, mm -hmm. no, black is black, white is white, this is right, that's wrong. Right. And... Um, you know, and, and there's a lot of that kind of condescending, snobby attitude, um, especially from people that had been in the Democratic Party for a long time that came to the forefront in 2016. Um, you know, there's this very real sense that they were kind of like, haha, you, you silly kids or you peasants or whatever, you know, you grubby little outsiders who want to come into our party. Like, you don't know how things are done. You don't know how protocol works. And, oh. and they, and it just, it's like... I, I want to shake them and scream. Do you not understand? This is why your stupid party's dying. Wow! Like I don't know if y'all think you're immortal or something, but y'all are gonna die, and no, none oh, of us sure. is gonna be incentivized to keep your stupid party going because this is this is why. Oh Because you went from being the party of working people to the party of insufferable liberal assholes who I don't know think it's meritorious to you know show up and vote for Barack Obama and then go right on your way supporting this capitalist hellscape that's they're, starving they're, people to death. They're, they're worse than the wolf. They're wearing the clothing of the sheep. These fucking cursed centrists. Like, it's so funny to hear you lay that out. The, the, all this audio is going to be great to me. I'm, I'm going to listen to this again. But <laughs> I really love that last part you did because it perfectly describes this this situation in my county. I'm going to go on a very short tangent to give you a little funny history. 2016... Um, I didn't know what a fucking county democratic committee was. Um, I was trying to play rock and roll music really loud and heavy and like get really fucking drunk and just sort, of, this. sort of do fucking crazy shit. And Bernie came along and I got super involved and um, I was filling rooms in my county because me and the mayor of my town at the time... Uh, who he was an old, real old dude, cool dude at the time who saw me as a resource. We had coffee and he's like, hey, are you 
are you Tioga County for Bernie? Because I'm not. And I'm like, nope. And he's like, okay, we both are. Boom, it's done. And I'm like, wow, that's how you organize. You just like kind of like, <laughs> just like claim shit and just like do it. And so it's weird how much I don't want to interrupt your story, but no, just go like ahead. how go much ahead. you when you I think you grow up and you sort of have this sense of like all of the all of the official things that people do are like very official and formalized. And you grow up and you basically realize it's a bunch of adults who just kind of show up and go, Oh, okay, I guess this is this now and everyone right. just kinda of goes with it. Yeah. The couple <laughs> people who show up just kind of set the tone and just move forward yeah. with it. But yeah, no, that's, 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 that's what he and I did. We had coffee and it was just like, boom. And we, we got it in motion and, you know, got it, got it moving for my area. And then soon enough, it snowballed into something just huge and absolutely unbelievable. And I actually honestly forget where I was going with the original bit there, but, um, I said I threw you off. Sorry. No, 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 you didn't. You didn't. You literally didn't. It's my own, it's my own scotch drinking. Um, I'm so comfortable with what we're doing that I'm sitting here just putting back the Aberfeldy like it's just absolutely no one's business. My dog nice. is, my dog is downstairs crying and I'm up here drinking scotch and having this podcast time and, and honestly. Aberfeldy, I don't think I've had that. How, what is that like? I like a really peaty scotch myself, but. It's, well, you know, it's more, it's, it's, it's got a decent peat quality to it it's more of a uh like an oakiness more of a like a wild taste on top the bottom is definitely very smoky and 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 bitter and savory and it's good it's it's a typical like a hot, typical highland single malt um nice. it's very 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 good and, and the uh liquor store in town the guy who owns the place loves it it's his favorite so he buys it in huge bulk and i get like this silly silly discount on it oh sweet you got the hookups i do god i love scotch i was a bourbon guy for like for like 12 years i was bartending maybe like 15 years ago and just wasn't really drinking anything hard and then got into bourbon and liked bourbon for a long time and then got off whiskey and really got off drinking and then i had some good good single malt and i was like oof like single malt oh gosh. yeah is just so departed from the other stuff where you've where my I'm just confused. The brain is confused. The single malt, I'm. It's a pure taste. It's clear. You know, it's almost like the the, the Sanders campaign messaging. It's just so <laughs> so fucking pure. There's one thing, and then once you get the one thing, it's like oof. Everything else. Disclaimer: falls. This podcast is not endorsed by uh, Aberfeldy, nor is it sponsored. Um, Yet, lordy though. Yet. <laughs> um, here's my dream: you and me, Milwaukee. We're in a hotel room. We've got all this professional gear. We're doing a podcast. We've got all kinds of celebrity guests. And Aberfeldy... Bold of you to assume I'm not in jail. Yes, me too, actually. <laughs> but more so you, I think. Aren't you snatching microphones out of the hands of InfoWars reporters, or am I mistaken? Uh, no comment. <laughs> okay, we'll keep that off the recording. Um, okay, no comment, so... but yes. <laughs> no, la no, last time I narrowly escaped spending the night in a Philly lockup, but that was just because the cops were really sick and tired of us at that point. I don't think they wanted any more paperwork. Oh, I wish I was on that side of it. Like, I learned about the whole world of delegates and stuff, and and uh, my friend, my other friend Emily, my really, really one of my absolute heroes, Emily. Um, she's the most like brilliant outside the box thinker. Like, we're just absolute partners in everything. She's one county over. She's the Ithaca organizing guru, and I'm like. I don't know. I'm like the neighboring county little guy. 
Um, she's absolutely amazing. And, and, you know, she kind of brought me into this world and was like, Hey, you're so good at this. Maybe you could be like an alternate delegate. And she's like, I'll put you in touch with this guy, Arthur, and he's Bernie's lawyer and everything will be great. And I was like, I was like, my head was spinning. I was like, Oh my God, like it's happening. I called my mom. I was like, like the, the Bernie campaign, like the lawyer, like I might be able to be a delegate in this and that. And, uh, you know, I ended up talking to Arthur and he's like, yeah, we're kind of full, but you know, maybe, uh, maybe I'll be able to plug in for something and this and that. And I just kept really grinding it out in my County. Like I didn't plug into the national nice. online scene. I just was doing two a week phone banks from my residence with like four or five Dude, people. That is. Oh, wait, no, wait. Mean, like, like when we get that is where it's at. as my Facebook friend and, and I'm always liking your shit. So I feel like we're in each other's feeds. When the next couple months happen, I'm going to share a lot of my, uh, uh, you know, flashbacks where I'm just like, <laughs> right. like, I I am very quiet in 2020. Uh, in 2016, I was like, every morning, my Facebook friends could expect like the four paragraphs as to why <laughs> the movement literally couldn't blossom around them unless their hands were in that dirt. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I was just like preaching to people every single day, nice. but it was so gnarly, dude. Like I was getting emails from people and messages that were like, yo, like if it weren't for you, I never would have checked my voter registration and realized I wasn't blah, blah, blah. And like, all right, Damn Steve, straight. the first three That's fucking messages I ignored, but frankly, the fourth one, I did look up my voter, you know, it's just like, okay, yeah. I'm here. This is it. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, you kind of have to, at some point, you just resign yourself to the fact that you will probably alienate some of your friends and family, at least online, if you, you know, are as uh, on you know, strident and uh, on messages, I don't know. But uh, that did kind of happen, too. Same, like, even, um, you know, while I was uh, living in uh, northwest Indiana, and I was still working at my cafe job, and, um, mm -hmm. which, I mean, thankful for that, because the tips were quite nice, and that was how I was able to fund some of those uh, trips I went on, but... Um, it got to the point where people would start to come up to me as I was, you know, gathering plates or whatever and, um, and ask me questions about the election or about Bernie or, you know, and it was almost like, okay, so at least some interest has been piqued and people are starting to kind of pay attention. And when they do, yeah. when questions come into their mind, you know, they, they feel like I'm someone that they can come to and ask about that. So, you know, it goes both ways. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But. Oh, man. Philly was something else. Oof. Yeah. That's how we got here, by the way, was I wasn't in Philly. I was at home like, fuck, I wish I was there. And I just didn't think of, like, growing the balls to just go. As to where now I'm a delegate and I'm like, if I'm not going to vote for Bernie, you better fucking believe I'm in Milwaukee. I'm I'm there. If I can't be on the floor, I'm using my little non-voting delegate pass to be in the fucking building. You better goddamn believe um, so yeah, but like, would you mind like telling me a little bit about Philly as someone who, you know, who's like, I've heard about Philly from all the, like, no offense to all my great friends, but all the dorks I know, like, I'd like to, uh, hear your experience from Philly if you don't mind sharing. Sure. Um, one second. I'm just trying to walk outside because the rest of the house is asleep. Oh, do your thing. Um, Whatever you got to do. Absolutely. Take your time. Yeah. So, I mean, I wanted to do what you did. Um, I unfortunately kind of, because I was sort of making up for lost time as I went along and I didn't really understand that whole process, um, well enough until it was kind of too late in the game. 
Um, so I was not able to be a delegate. So yes, I was one of the unwashed masses outside. Well, wait, just to be clear, I, I wasn't a delegate last time. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I asked to be, and they were like, oh, maybe next time, like, you can... Ah, you know. gotcha. No, sorry. Just to clear up, okay. yeah, I wasn't even there at all. That's why I want to hear uh, right. your version. And I had version. friends who were. Um, it's just, and it's, I think it's another great example of just kind of the overcomplicated mess of the way the party runs things. Everything is so individual. It varies so much by state. Absolutely. You know, you get the, you start to get the impression that possibly this is complicated on purpose so that only the people who have been doing it for 40 years can even understand how to be involved. That's right. Um, but, uh, you know, I was still definitely going to be there. Um, so uh, a friend of mine and I, we um, got it, you know, I, I drove us to Philly and we wound up connecting with a lot of our other friends there. And we um, went to a number of events, rallies, marches, etc. Um that was a very packed, uh, crazy week. I remember, just like every time you turned around, you're bumping into someone either you knew or someone famous, and you're just like, "Oh, yeah, I guess that happened." Um, <laughs> but I think the the biggest um, night was um, I think it was right after Hillary had been kind of uh, you know crowned, nominated, coronated, coronated. There you go. Um, and I think there was this general vibe of everyone just kind of saying, "Fuck it," you know. We lost that battle, so at this point, we're going to make sure they don't forget it. Right. Um, and, you know, it was like, what do we have left to lose right now? You know, if, if we're going to go down, we're going to go down making such a stink that they remember. Um, Our so, name, so to speak. Yeah, right. and um, and make sure that they understand that this is, you know, we're, we're giving them a vote of no confidence. That this was, we're you know, this was not the, the will of the people. And Right. So there were a number of things kind of happening, um, kind of on the fly. Some friends of mine and I, um, who I'd met from uh, prior actions or organizations, um, I had one friend who was part of this uh, local on the ground Philly activist network, and basically what we pulled together was an impromptu uh, citizen's trial of Hillary Clinton, uh, which culminated in an attempt to break into the Wells Fargo Center and serve her with a citizen's arrest. <laughs> um, obviously, this is all just political theater. Uh, sure. I mean, it had no, no delusions that we would actually succeed. Um, but, you know, it's there, there's people watching, and it's, uh, you know, there's media people everywhere, and it was just like, you know, it's almost like when you're crossing your fingers in photos to make sure that anyone who sees that knows this was not um, something you were okay with. Yeah. And, um, and we, <laughs> we wound up uh, making a appearance to some extent on a lot of different little uh, minor journalism uh, channels and, and things. Um, and yeah, we, we did wind up getting arrested. Uh, I, and the funny thing was later the Philly police tried to say that there were no arrests made, that everything was nice and peaceful and everyone got along and played patty cake. But um, I've got an arrest, uh, right up to, that says that that's a lie. And uh, says otherwise. Bruises and what's that? <laughs> I said, you've got, you've got a report that shows otherwise. Yeah. yeah uh huh. Um, we were very definitely arrested and also thrown around and, and stuff. Cause I think at that point they were, they kind of wanted to make a minor example out of us. Um, cause the crowd was refusing to back down and continuing to be rowdy and inconvenient. And, uh, <laughs> of course. So, Yeah. Of also, Jill Stein never gave my megaphone back. Um, what? Bill, Bill, <laughs> Bill the campaign. 
One, one time, uh, I don't remember if it was that night or a different night, but somebody was yelling that Jill needed a megaphone and I passed mine up and uh, never saw it again. And I'm positive some hippie probably took it. You know what? Um, they definitely did, but I definitely think you did the right thing. <laughs> she got my vote. Uh, you know, I like, I, 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 I kind of pulled a dirty one. I, I, I did tell people to vote for Jill, if only as, you know, a protest vote. Um because in my state, hello, it was going to Donald Trump anyway. I was in Indiana. Um, oh. And I had actually been told that if I voted for someone who was not on the t- um, who was not still a candidate for president, that my whole ballot would be invalidated. And at the last minute, oh. I, oh. yeah. No. At the last minute, I investigated no. and found that to be a lie. Thank you. So I wrote Bernie in and oh, voted thank for fuck. the better choices down ticket. Oh, God, um, thank you. I thought this yeah. was going another way. I was like, I'm I'm literally removing my uh, request to make you a blood relative. Um, oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. Oh, wow. Oh. oh, and Vermin Supreme saved me from a concussion. How so? <laughs> Because that's not that's not something I normally hear. <laughs> no, no. He, well, I mean, he was there. He's his camera guy, Rod Weber. He's a real, real cool guy. He was at Standing Rock too. Um, they were there milling around. You know, the whole. This was during the. <laughs> so basically, the first time we attempted to break past the bike cop barricade and it failed, we basically turned around and sat there with our backs to their bikes for an hour or something. Turned it into a sit-in, and everyone was very loud and raucous. <laughs> And, um, people kept trying to come up and interview us and shit. Um, and then we kind of on, you know, we decided that we needed to end it. So we decided to make one more attempt. And one of the cops basically looked me in the eye, planted his hand on my chest and sent me flying back into the crowd. And Vermin happened to be right behind me. I feel weird just calling him that. Like it's no, go ahead, please, please carry on. No. And he, he was right behind me and he apparently broke my fall. I didn't see this of course, but my friend Alicia, who was there said she did, she could like see it happening in slow motion and his boot actually flew off. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, (laughs) he, he, he mentioned something about it on, oh no, oh no, I tweeted at him later. I was like, you know, the, the sorry for the, making your boot fly. The moment when Vermin Supreme literally has your back, you know, thanks to, and he, he tweets back. He's all like, Emily, I can still see that in my mind. That cop was like swinging you so hard. Are you okay? You know, hashtag, yeah. you know, violence. Yeah. Point being, <laughs> fuck these cops actually. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, no, but, uh. So, so a memorable week was had by all. Oh my like, god, that's too fucking cool. Oh, I'm so jealous. I was literally sitting at home just <laughs> don't, furious. Don't be. We did not look remotely cool, but it was uh, it was memorable anyway. Yeah. No, right. <laughs> it, it, less about looking cool, more about, God, that must have been just great, just to be part of that vibe. But this, uh, this I think time, we were all just so tightly strung from the whole week. It was such a stressful... Yeah. yeah. You know, and we were just kind of like, we needed a vent. <laughs> yeah, and that's perfect. That's perfect for it. Yeah, I mean, we could have done something more illegal and actually got in trouble, but we just uh, held a farcical trial for the DNC queen. (laughs) Okay, we're switching gears real hard and quick off of 2016 because I'm about to get bummed and start to say say things that are going to get me in trouble. Um, Let's let's speak quickly. Also, just real quick heads up, I'm at 3%. Okay, I was going to say I've taken like all your time and I want to talk about so much more, but we'll probably do another, we'll do another call. 
Um, sure, that's totally the, fine, and I don't mind future. talking until it, it runs okay, out. Okay, cool, cool. If, if I and cut out, suddenly that's why. We'll do that, and then I'll announce you gloriously like a lost comrade as you fall on the battlefield. <laughs> um, so let's let's see. What can we chat about quickly? Um, fuck, I mean, what do you think about... Let's talk about like the body language going on with this leaked CNN audio where Warren comes up and sort of like rehearsedly says, you called me a liar, and Bernie's like, are oh, you Jesus. fucking kidding me? Like, you lied. Like... Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I just, I, where do we go from here? Like I said, I shared this intel with my networks and they're like, let's let it I mean, die. And what I'm I like, really want to know is of everyone on her team who's paid to advise her, who the fuck thought that this was going to go anywhere good? You know, once I can see it. I can see accusation, it. Once the claim is out there, there is nowhere to go. Right. Like, I mean, on the one hand, I hate her for doubling down on it, but for another, like, Really? What else was she supposed to well, say? I mean, You're right. I lied. I'm right. sorry. That's not going to go anywhere either. So no. at that point, she was having to sell her little story with her performance at the end. What's just, really funny about this world and messaging is like, as you say that, like, who the fuck would do this? Like, it's funny because I've been on meetings where shit that to me is just imperceptibly bad like shit that like how the fuck could anyone say that and you've got like five or six people just goofily rallying around like yeah oh yeah that's gonna fly baby like that's not only gonna fly it's gonna stick like we're the we are the messaging kings ha 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 and i'm just like yeah are you kidding me you guys are awful and it's really funny how easily in our world you know, right in the world of political messaging, where like everything lives, dies, and and thrives yeah. on the turn of a dime, a turn of oh, a syllable. Twenty four hours you know, news cycle. Right, and and just like the the simple turn, one turn of phrase, and you're totally disqualified forever. Like, how the fuck can right? People... Like, in, like in the world in which Howard Dean screamed one time and immediately killed his campaign. Oh my God, I was what there. Did you think this was going. I to was do? an we I was there. an absolute dean head. I mean, I was ready to get oh. lost in this moment, and my guy just did that and got killed. And then I watched the—I literally fucking—I was—it was terrible. I was flying. I was on an airplane, like my first time ever. You know, I was in college when nine eleven happened, and like I was on an airplane, and I was reading, and they're like, "Oh, oh, the U.S. is going to just end up in perpetual war for twenty-five years. Like it's going to start in Iraq, and it's going to go through Afghanistan, and it's going to end in Iran, possibly twenty-five years later." And I'm like, "Ha ha ha! This preposterous." bullshit and uh, now i'm about to be 37 and i'm like fuck <laughs> the project for a new american century is more true than ever here we sit God. <laughs> yeah oh all right so let's see before we close before you lose your battery completely do to do what do i have i uh i was just trying to think so styers oh, but can we acknowledge the overnight icon that is tom steyer steyer i just said it i just said that like that's so funny (laughs) that's literally my one note the the gloriously subtle artistry of the diss that was him standing there between Bernie and Warren and then saying, oh, I was just waiting to say hi to Bernie. Jesus fucking Christ. He literally and figuratively broke up the high school fight oh and then God. goes, hi, Bernie. Well, he looked like a kid, like watching mom and dad fight. Like he is a kid. To ask I, a you know, I tweeted about this because it's like sexual. I, I mean, you know, I take everything this way. But to me, it's like Steyer's like, fuck. Like, he, right, he's the big... Like, 
like rich billionaire. He can do whatever he wants. He can yeah. like blah, 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 blah. that doesn't matter to the rich billionaire. Who gives a fuck what you can and can't do? To him, he yeah. wants to have that power, that movement spark, that ability to say a syllable or two, and people just fucking freak the fuck out. He'll never have that. Who does nope. our guy? So he's guy. like just so cute about it, though. <laughs> Right? He just stood there looking so hopeful. He's just, just wanting, wait, and he sees that they're fighting, and like that's me. Like if I was to go up to like two celebrities I really liked, and they were fighting, but I really wanted to like get one's autograph, I would wait right until the fight subsided, and I'd go, okay, sorry, like not to get in the way, but like like you know, hi Keith Richards, you know what I mean, or whatever he, it is. He, when I heard him say that, when the audio got leaked, I immediately thought of Peter Parker in the new MCU. I saw you Mr. comment Stark? that. Mr. Stark? Yeah. I saw <laughs> you comment that. Right. God. This is a perfect example of how you're in my life. Like, I saw that and laughed my ass off before I went to the gym this morning. That's great. Oh, God. Oh, okay. my God. All right, so your battery's going to die. We're going to, let's call this, I don't know how long we've been on the phone, but we've been on the phone for 1,994 musical measures. So whatever tempo my musical project here is set into. It looks like we've been on for an hour and 10 minutes. Okay, legit? Wow, that's a pretty long time. And 14 time. seconds. Okay, I'm so sorry to take so much of your time. Um, uh, it's okay, don't worry. Thank you, and we're going to do this again, maybe with more structure, maybe with a guest or two. Yeah, yeah. Would that be fun? And I'll and I'll get the technology up. I'll get this audio out and share it to you. It's going to be terrible. I'm screaming. I'm too close <laughs> to the computer. You're not here. Everything's fucked. But uh, just in case, I'll get it to you. So, nice. okay. Emily. All right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. So uh, nice to talk the, to the you. Chance. It was lovely chatting with yeah. you. Yeah. Nice to talk to you in real time and actually hear like about your story and, you know, blah, blah, blah. We'll talk more as we... Uh, yeah, same. Yeah, of course. Good night. All right. See ya. Bye.